right, so we've got two special things today for this episode. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank Rick Berman for once again joining me on the show. It's great to have him here. I'm always happy to see Rick Berman and see a celebrity on a small person like myself show, so that's, that's kind of cool to see him here. Um, uh, he has graciously deigned to be present for something of monumentous importance, so if you would, please, Mr. Berman. <laughs> The second part of the show you may already be aware of because it's already kind of happened. So uh, let's just go ahead and talk about this. I've been wanting to do this for a little bit, but I felt like I didn't want to until I was at an episode which was relatively short. I don't have a lot to say about this episode, so I think this is a good time to do this. We're trying a new technique just to see what you guys think of it, just literally as an experiment. So please give me your honest feedback on this. It seemed like a good episode to do this, too, because this is a terrible episode. Ah, which reminds me. So for those of you not aware, this is the second worst rated episode by several different rating systems. And even if it's not actually the second worst, it is considered one of the worst episodes of all of Voyager. The only episode that frequently and consistently contests that is Threshold. Now, if you're paying attention, you'll notice that my uh, glasses are actually showing a reflection. That's because I have my monitor on. I will explain why in mere moments. So the original script for this episode is one I have not actually gotten to read myself, unfortunately, by a gentleman named Michael Taylor. It was contributed sometime earlier, and it was this extensive thing about a gentleman living in the 21st century I'm reading here, uh, and feeling he was becoming unhinged because there were aliens trying to tell contact, and Cote was having a mental breakdown as a result of first contact in our time, and there was this back-and-forth thing. And it was, I'm just quoting word for word here, this is from Joe Minoski, by the way, it was an extremely well-written document, uh, there might have been footnotes, it was detailed, it was intellectual. This is the part that matters, so pay attention. I, uh, Rick Berman read the story, and he could not believe it. He just went off on, These goddamn people like Mike Taylor, you need a subscription to the Journal of American Metal Association to understand his goddamn story. And Rick just threw it out. So shortly thereafter, this particular uh, flaw of Rick Berman's, they decided to go ahead and restructure the story and just kind of shoved it together and have this boxing element put in. Robert Beltran actually suggested the boxing thing himself. Not sure uh, how that worked out in the end. The boxing elements of the episode were actually kind of enjoyable. I admittedly am a bit of a fan of boxing myself. More doing than watching. I don't really watch boxing. I haven't in many, many years. But you kind of see where this went south. Wouldn't you agree, Mr. Berman? This episode occurs just after Course Oblivion, literally the next episode, which I find funny because in the last episode, a Voyager was being ripped apart because of its molecular cohesion being uh, destroyed. And in this episode, Voyager's being ripped apart because they're in chaotic space. Also, fun little factoid about this episode, they did the episode and actually ran short. Now, in honesty, that is not that uncommon, but I find it interesting that the whole framework of the sick, sick bay thing with the scenes with the Doctor and Chakotay and Chakotay being, no, I don't want to go back, that was all added in to pad out the episode. To, I shouldn't say pad, that, that's a negative connotation, in order to add time to the episode so they actually hit their mark of how long the episode had to be. I will say it was nice to see Boothby again. Uh, this is actually the last time we'll ever see Boothby, unfortunately. And it's a bit of a shame that this is the episode he was in. But whatever. It was nice to see him again. Uh, he did a good, dec decent job of the role that he was granted. Now, one of the other things I want to segue into pretty much immediately here. The Doctor has a natural distaste for the violence of boxing. And that makes sense. He discusses it from a very clinical medical perspective. The thing I find interesting is then they don't actually discuss that at all. It's never brought up, it's never debated on, it's just the doctor is pro-medicine and that's it. I find it interesting because a later episode, which we'll be getting to in a few weeks' time here, I'm not sure how long exactly, we'll be discussing that issue in more depth. It'll be a better look at this, uh, the, the topic. 
So I'd just like to go ahead and say that this is a great example of why the whole B-plot thing just doesn't work. The A-plot, B-plot thing. We just had an episode that was just one plot. Remember that? Course Oblivion, previous week, you know? This episode, instead, we have a very definitive, oh my god, the, sh the ship is in danger, and there's this horrible phenomenon that's going to destroy their ship. And I know what you're saying, well, what's the A-plot? Well, there actually is an A-plot. It's just terrible. In fact, the actual word I wrote down in my notes is it is a banal uh, or banal, if you prefer, depending on how you pronounce that, uh, plot. It's, it's, so the A plot is all about Chakotay's fears about going insane, and the B plot is about chaotic space, which just shows up randomly and is described as a space where physics does not work right. In this place where physics do not function properly is where they do things like scan maneuver and toss out probes oh and of course my personal favorite they're they're defended from the physics not working right by their shields i wonder if they could beam through them this week anyways <clears throat> just to give you an idea of how ridiculous this is at one point they were scanning to a range of 1000 kilometers and looking to see if there are any planets in range of that for those of you not aware, granted, I only have the perspective of living in the United States, but a thousand kilometers is roughly the distance between Kansas and Georgia, not even halfway across the entire country. That's a really, really short range when it comes to interstellar phenomenon. If you were that close to a planet, you'd probably be having some other problems at that point in time. Just, just food for thought. So in this period of time where we are running through this physics broken universe and there's other inconsistencies I'm not even going to go into like why is it when we're facing this dangerous phenomena we slowly back up and why is it they, they just come across it suddenly without warning and why was they never brought up again or since and there's some other things continuity wise and logic wise that just don't fit in this episode and some bad dialogue too which is a little ridiculous but amongst all of this one thing I'm reminded of, why exactly is it that this seems so familiar? If you don't know what I mean by that, I feel like we've already had this episode several times in the past. Let me just run through this. So we have a crew member who is having unusual visions or crazy interactions that are actually an alien trying to contact them or coordinate them, either for uh, benign or malevolent purposes, and... In the result of so doing, they are, you know, the crew is uncertain if they're actually sane or not, and then there's this dilemma, and the ship's in danger, and they fix it at the end. We've seen this as early as season two, I want to say, of TNG. It might have been season one. It's pretty early on. It was before season three, I know. Uh, just, just to name one example of how early on we've been doing this kind of story. I'm not going to name all the examples of other stories that are parallel to this, but it was the first thing in my mind. I was like, we've seen this story before. I also find one thing interesting in that Chakotay's grandfather refused medicine. I mention that because if that was happening in the now, I can't even begin to see that happening. But it wasn't. It was happening when Chakotay was much younger. And I did a little bit of the math. Yes, I actually bothered to look up timelines and whatnot. And Chakotay was born in 2329, I want to say. That was before TNG started, of course. Uh, but that was sufficiently far back to occur pretty much before the golden era of TNG actually began. So I could actually see it, you know, 10, 20 years after that, that someone still had the right, for lack of a better way to put it, to refuse medicine on the paradise world that is Earth. I mention that because I'm not sure the modern Federation would actually allow such a thing, and I guarantee you a Federation under Dominion threat would never allow something like that. They're ready to get all over Cisco's father for refusing to donate blood, for God's sakes. 
you know, before I go into the last thing, I'm going to end on some positive notes, I think. That's a, that's a good way to do this. Before I go into that, though, I want to mention what a damn shame this episode is. Robert Beltran hardly gets any episodes to himself. There are very few Chakotay-centric episodes. There are more hairy episodes than there are Chakotay episodes. And yet the episodes he's handed are things like Tattoo and this one. Why is it that we keep giving Robert Beltran episodes like this? The man can act. We've seen it happen. We've seen him be good before. I've pointed out when he's good before. But in this episode, it's just... Ugh. I will say this. He actually does an interesting portrayal of yelling crazy. The kind of person who is genuinely irrational. He does a good job of that, I think. I mentioned that because some people I've heard talk about it and say that his performance is over the top. I actually disagree. Having actually worked with and been around yelling crazy people, you know, people with genuine chemical uh, disabilities in their brain, his portrayal is fairly accurate. They just tend to, and, and the way he kind of slides back and forth between the two realities and merging the two seamlessly, and, and again, being very agitated about it because of how much duress he's under, that actually worked for me. So props to Beltran for doing a decent job in a forgettable at best episode. But I do want to end on a positive note. Let's see here. I've got to have some positivity in here somewhere. Ah! Okay. So, there is some really good directing on the training scene when Chakotay is there, you know, pun pun punching a, uh, a punching bag on the bridge of Voyager. And one of the side doors opens up and you see the whole, you know, the whole bridge staff in the ready room and they're all there and then Harry talks through the door from way over there and yet we hear him as if he's here. There's a lot of little stuff they do in the whole of that scene. I'm not going to go down the whole list, but watch that one scene if you watch nothing else when you watch this episode. It is actually exceptionally well directed. It gets across a perfect blend of realistic and and hallucinogenic. It, it's exactly what it should be, in other words. It is uncanny valley, but instead of a person, it's the whole scene, the whole setting and everything that's happening. Very well done. I also want to talk about the communication scene where the aliens finally interact with him and they communicate with him word for word using words that the other crew have used throughout the course of the episode. And it's very well done. It's nice how they're uh, to piece those together. It's a bit of an old trope, but it's something that works well. And again, makes a lot of sense that they would use that to communicate. I found that was a very strong and powerful scene and I liked that. So I'm afraid I lied, guys. I said I was going to end on a positive note and I'm not. Sorry. I only have one more note to think. This is why I wanted to do this experiment here, because I have so little to talk about with this episode. I feel like the A-plot, which is Chakotay struggling with trying not to be insane like his grandfather would, would have worked much better if it had ever been mentioned ever before or ever again. He never brings up this problem, never brings up his grandfather, never does the this, sidle this continuity thing. Having so recently going through Babylon 5 and seeing all the little ways that they would have tiny little bits of continuity, and I was just going through an episode, the episode by any means necessary, I was just going through that episode, and there's an undercurrent B-plot that happens, or actually more like a C-plot, that is, wouldn't have happened and would have had no significance and no relevance to the characters if not for the fact that it was informed because of events that happened in a previous episode. That tied in, that gave it flavor, that gave it context and this episode is the exact opposite of that approach. And that's funny because, uh, glancing at my calendar right now, that episode is the episode that went live yesterday, whereas this episode is the one that... that... So this is going to be an interesting contrast. But in that episode, we had the context for why that was happening. In this episode, no context. Jakote just 
out of nowhere, oh my god, I don't want to be like my father, I don't want to be crazy. And his fears for that are logical and make sense. And there's a lot you could do with that as a character. Have Chakotay have pushed himself, have worked himself, and tried very hard never to go over that line. Uh, in his dealings with his religion, in his dealings with his beliefs, in his dealings with his father, trying never to actually go too far, so he never ends up like his grandfather. But that's never been hinted before, and as I mentioned, never will be again. So I hope you enjoyed at least this new experiment. If you didn't, please, as ever, give me honest feedback. And of course, if you want to talk about the episode, that's cool, too. Uh, I, I always like reading your guys' comments. One way or another, I will see you guys next time.